Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. This is entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this week's episode on Thursday, October 21st, 2021. Now, Aaron and I typically don't record shows this late in the week. That's largely because Marvel schedules all of its big stories for immediately after we record. Isn't that right, Aaron? Yeah, so that's why we delay and see what we've got. And boy, is there a boatload of new material that just happened this morning and late yesterday. So let's let's get into it. Okay. But again, the other reason, frankly, we're recording this late is I'm currently down in Orlando. Len and I are recording a bunch of walk-around-the-park shows for the band camp. And I'm recording a bunch of walk-around in my pajamas in my bedroom. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. No, that's not special. That's every show. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was about to say, I hope you're not dealing with the crowds that we're dealing with. And, and that brings up a lot of questions about your bedroom. <laughs> it does. I, but I do charge admission. So, you know, it's it's good for well, the money. <laughs> it, it all works out. Okay. I, I don't know if you saw the picture that Glenn tweeted out of the two of us at Columbia Harbor House yesterday. I mean, Mr. Chester at this point has such lovely long locks. And whereas I have miles and miles of forehead. Speaking of which, Aaron, how is your hair situation these days? Is it still long and and lustrous, or are you tearing your hair out because of that 3,722-piece Lego Daily Bugle building? It wasn't the the pieces of the Lego that were frustrating. It was the lighting kit that had to be woven in between all of the bricks to make it light up. But I'm totally done with that. I've I've got it up and displayed. The lights work and everything. I've actually got some pictures on Twitter. So if anyone wants to see the Daily Bugle lit up in all of its magnificent glory, by all means, uh, go to your local Twitter store and buy a six-pack of at Aza Prod, and you'll be able to see all of those uh, wonderful pictures of the Daily Bugle all lit up. Wait, you, you got that done? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I got my wife the Ecto-1. She got me a mm-hmm. Get Well Soon mm-hmm. gift, so I got her a Thanks for Taking Care of Me gift. So mm-hmm. she got the new uh, Ecto-1 Lego kit that's like a two-foot-long version of Elf Ecto-1 from the new Ghostbusters movie, and she wanted to start putting it together, so she gave me the ultimatum. You either get that bugle done in the next 48 hours, otherwise we're going to have a mess on this table because I'm opening my box. And so I, I was forced, Jim, forced to play with Lego for a couple mm-hmm. of days and get it done. So it's done. I thought for sure, at the very least, you would have been distracted by the World War Hulk rumors, which that's kind of problematic, isn't it? It's just a little bit so far. I mean, story-wise, I don't quite see how it fits in. Now, timeline, they, they say it would be coming after the She-Hulk series, mm-hmm. and that makes a little bit of sense. But the main thing about World War Hulk is, first, the Illuminati send Hulk to Sakaar. Now, we've already had Hulk at Sakaar in uh, Thor Ragnarok. So we've already seen that portion of it. And Mm -hmm. then uh, while he's there, uh, Hulk ends up falling in love with, I I believe her name is Kara. I'm going to call her Kara. It could be Sierra. I don't know. Uh, She's uh, from Sakaar. She's an alien, so she might have a different name. But Mm -hmm. uh, we'll call her Kara. They fight. They fall in love. They make the beast with two backs. She ends up pregnant. She ends up dying with Hulk baby inside of her. Hulk is furious and wants to exact his revenge on the Illuminati. And now I know you got to ask, well, who the heck is the Illuminati, right? 
I know from at least one of the Secret War graphic novels, it's Doctor Strange, yeah. Namor. Correct. Tony Stark, I would Tony say. Stark was in there, yeah. Mr. Fantastic, uh, Reed Richards. There we go. There we go. Uh, Professor oh. X and Black Bolt. All the smart people mm-hmm. of the MCU, well, of, of the Marvel Universe, uh, okay. formed the Illuminati. And so uh, usually when you think of Illuminati, it's just, you think of like a secret underground dark conspiracy theory type thing. And actually, it's all the head honchos of of the Marvel Universe. So, yeah, Hulk comes back to Earth to exact his revenge upon all of his old friends. And obviously, Tony Stark is no longer in the MCU. Uh, he made a sacrifice at the end of uh of Endgame, so he's no longer part of it. We don't have a Professor X yet. We don't have a Namor yet. We've got uh, yes, a Doctor Strange, Black Bolt. Are we going to count that that little bit of uh, the Inhumans that happened a few years ago, or did we all erase that? I know I ordered my Men in Black Flasher mm-hmm. a few years ago to just erase that from my memory. Okay, <laughs> and uh, okay. I'm uh, so I don't think that he exists anymore. Yeah, so really, the only person left on the list is he's coming back to hurt Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange had nothing to do with him going to Sakaar in the first place. So that whole thing doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I just, I don't know how they're going to work that. I think we reported on this within the past year about how supposedly the rights to Namor had returned to Marvel Studios. But I'm not sure about the Hulk, right? Yeah, is that and, still Universal's ball to play with? Can they take that and go home? In fact, you know, I think Mark Ruffalo at one point talked about the fact that they talked about Hulk's arc in the MCU. And the whole notion was that, you know, because of the deal with Universal, Hulk could not be the main character of a movie, but could be a supporting character, could be a part of an ensemble cast. So the whole notion of a, a World War Hulk film, if we're talking about the World War Hulk storyline, that's a couple of films. Yeah, and it's an ensemble cast. However, it does have Hulk in the title, and that's the I think that's the breaking point of the contract. Of You can put him in an Avengers movie, but if you put him in World War Hulk, where Hulk is in the title, oh, then that means that's specifically a Hulk movie. You can't have World War Hulk without Hulk. You could have Avengers without Hulk. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a legal team that's going to be examining this with a very fine microscope. We're definitely going to have to do some more research here, some more poking at that. But that's fascinating. And that's still in completely in rumor territory. It's go. not confirmed yet. It's just uh, broke on Twitter. Like many <laughs> things broke on Twitter. We'll get to that in a little bit. But some secrets, yeah. <laughs> some secrets escaped on the Twitterverse. It's at the same time, sometimes... Concepts get introduced on this show. And in fact, you had an observation about the most recent uh, Saturday Night Live, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I am now firmly convinced that SNL cast members, some of them, do listen to Marvelous Disney because uh, it was just last week during Weekend Update, Kenan Thompson and Mikey Day were brought on to do a little skit. And in the process, Kenan Thompson referred to Zendaya. And Mikey Day was very quick to correct him. It's Zendaya. And they just kept having this back and forth where he would hypnotize Kenan Thompson. And every time he'd bring him out of his thing, he'd go, where's Zendaya? What happened to Zendaya? And he's like, it's Zendaya, Zendaya. So I'm firmly convinced that they had to get this wonderful comedic material from you and I, Jim, directly stolen from our mouths and put onto uh, SNL. Or I just have an overinflated sense of my own importance. I think that may be the case. Yeah, probably that. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, we would know for sure if they actually brought that young woman out to to measure the length of the the weekend update desk. Oh, then we would know for certain. Yes, indeed. We'll keep our eyes open for that in the future. Okay. Well, well, again, you had mentioned, you know, all sorts of things breaking on Twitter. In fact, I I recall seeing you on Twitter earlier this week where, where you basically tweeted out that this week's edition of Marvelous Disney would feature lots and lots of swearing. Uh, largely because of a bit of Marvel-related news, which, which broke earlier this week. And speaking of news, the news portion of today's show is being brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Jimmy Home Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. So let's get to the part of the show that you believe would involve swearing. This was because on Monday, October 18th, the Walt Disney Company announced that they would be changing the release date of a number of that company's upcoming theatrical releases again. It wasn't just Marvel movies that got moved, or that all the Marvel movies got moved, and we'll get to that in a moment. It was at least one Lucasfilm project that had its release date bumped back, and that was Indiana Jones 5. That one slid from uh, July 22nd, 2022 to June 30th, 2023, and Heard something interesting coming out of Disney Studio about this. Dwayne Johnson evidently made it part of his deal for the Jungle Cruise sequel. Dwayne, at that point, had noticed that Black Adam, the DC Warner Brothers film that he's making, was going head-to-head with Indiana Jones 5. Uh, they, they shared a release date again, July 22nd of next year. And what Dwayne basically told Disney was like, Move Indy 5 away from Black Adam, and I'll agree to do your, your Jungle Cruise sequel. And then evidently Disney's response was, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. So, I, no, I believe they said, I smell what you're cooking, sir. <laughs> I like your version. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dan Z of Coffee with Kenobi, he reached out to say he was disappointed to hear that Indy 5's release date had been pushed back yet again. I pointed out that these days a year goes by in a blink of an eye, and... I will be seeing Indy uh, 5 soon enough. In fact, what's been interesting is there have been pictures from the set they've been shooting in Glasgow, Scotland. They're, they're now shooting in Italy. And I guess they're working around Harrison Ford's uh, shoulder injury. So to get to move to where? So Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has now been pushed from a March 25th of next year to May 6th. Dirty rotten. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. There's, there's okay. one of them. Go ahead. That shift resulted in Thor Love and Thunder getting pushed back to July 8th. Son of a... Go ahead, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's a family-friendly show, folks. Uh, Okay, so this in turn means that Black Panther Wakanda Forever will not get released to theaters on November 11th of next year. Dirty rap... All right, go ahead. This means that the Marvels gets pushed back to 2023. New release date for this Nia DaCosta movie is February 17th, 2023. Dirty sweaty football cheese. I'm running low on. <laughs> I, I'm about to say, wow. I, I honestly thought you had a bigger vocabulary than this. But okay, okay. I, okay. I do. I'm, I'm reserving the. And uh, anyway, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. well, there we go. There we go. They've got to steer clear of the hard seas. Okay. Uh, and that shift results in Ant-Man of the Wasp, Quantum Mania, getting pushed back all the way to July 28th, 2023. Son of a garsh darn flippity flu murder flab. 
oh, the people at Disney will be so proud of you. You know, that, <laughs> that was swearing adjacent. I'm really proud of you. Okay. When you're so mad, you just speak gibberish. That's where I'm at, Jim. I just gibberish is coming out of my mouth. All right. Well, now, curiously, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was the only Marvel Studios production that did not change its release date in this latest round of Marvel movie musical chairs. And and why is that? Because, I mean, we got to know the obvious answer, right? There's just more than that movie involved. There's three things involved in that, and they just don't have the time to reschedule their entire, their parks, their TV, their movies. I mean, it's one thing to reschedule a movie, but... Boy, there's a lot riding on what's being filmed during those sessions, right? Let's talk about the big one of those three, and that's money. Disney has decided to stick with the May 5th, 2023 for Guardians 3 because the studio genuinely believes that Guardians 3 is going to do really, really well when it's released at theaters that year. So that first weekend of May is now considered the traditional start of summer blockbuster season. To circle back to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the thinking and supposedly what set these dominoes in motion was that word got out about the tracking for Spider-Man No Way Home. Evidently, uh, the folks at Sony and Columbia Pictures uh, have been tracking people's intent to buy tickets for this third Tom Holland Spidey film. Evidently, when this hits theaters in December 17th of this year, that studio is going to make so much money that it's going to, the pile of money is going to blot out the sun. Though it's worth noting here that, that Mr. Holland has been talking about what might happen after uh, No Way Home. Yeah, he had said that this last movie, or the third movie, I don't want to say the last mm-hmm. movie, but the third movie will wrap up the Homecoming trilogy. That mm-hmm. if they were to make more movies beyond the third, that they would be radically different than the three that came before it and it sounds like he's trying to get everybody ready for spider-man to be more a spunk character than an mcu character that we all know sony desperately wants him to have a face-off with morbius the living vampire as well as venom as well as all of the other spider villains that they have at their disposal a uh, black cat and silver sable has always been a rumor off in the distance of something that they wanted to do it just sounds like he's trying to get fans ready for uh sure if i'm still going to be spider-man sony wants to have their way with their toys and play with them their way instead of marvel coming in and saying you can't play with that toy and that toy no 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 no, no. it's this toy and that toy and and so yeah i, I think that He's just trying to get everybody ready for Sony's version of Spider-Man without as much interference from the Marvel side of the the camps. This isn't the only way Mr. Holland has popped up this week, right? No, he's also showed up in the Uncharted trailer, which just came out this morning, uh, right before we started recording. And we all love Tom Holland. We think he's a wonderful actor. I just have a very hard time believing that a teenage kid knows anything about geography or history that would lead him on a treasure hunt. So my belief is they should have stuck with Nathan Fillion like the fans had wanted a decade ago to play Nathan Drake. The, The trailer was fun. It's exciting. There's a lot of cool things from the game that are referenced in the trailer. And... You know, if you like Indiana Jones, this is, you know, a young indie type of story. So mm-hmm. the fact that Indiana Jones is getting pushed back, it gives more breathing room between 
Uncharted and Indy 5, so there is no direct comparison because once upon a time, those movies were scheduled a bit closer together. So I'm rather happy that they have been separated. And while we're talking about trailers really quick, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple more that came out, and they're they're Marvel adjacent, let's say. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. DC had just released the the Batman trailer for DC Fandom uh, over the weekend. And if you'll notice... They did not show Paul Dano's face as the Riddler in that trailer. They made great, great attempts to hide his face. And everybody knows that Paul Dano's playing the Riddler. So the question was, why are they trying so hard to hide his face? Now, I think I have the answer, Jim. I've I've done some sleuthing, and I think okay. I've figured out what's going on. Ooh, can't wait. Just after the Batman trailer was released, mm-hmm. they released the trailer. Not DC, mind you. Amazon Studios release a trailer for Being the Ricardos. Now, I know it sounds weird, but hear me out. Mm-hmm. They didn't show Nicole Kidman's face playing Lucille Ball throughout almost the entirety of that trailer. Now, I've put two and two together because I'm good at math, and I know that that equals seven. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that Nicole Kidman is playing the Riddler in The Batman, and Paul Dano's playing Lucille Ball in Being the Ricardos. DC is building a very, very weirdly connected universe is, is what's happening. Just a couple uh, questions here. When you open the Lego boxes from from that much plastic, are there fumes? There are actually. There are some very strong fumes, and uh, maybe maybe I had huffed a little too hard of smelling that fresh new plastic smell, and uh, I'm still a little bit dizzy. Maybe maybe that has something to do with it. We'll find out in a few hours after it wears off. Okay. All right, just saying. All right, anyway, uh, to get back to uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. I, now, remember, this will feature Doctor Strange and interviews, m- introduce moviegoers to the multiverse. Those of us who have been watching a limited series that Marvel Studios have been doing at Disney+, Plus, already hip to the multiverse concept. But so the thinking at Disney is, after people see Spider-Man No Way Home, they're going to be really, really eager to see Doctor Strange again and visit the multiverse. And... Likewise, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is going to be where we see the Scarlet Witch return to the MCU since the first time since WandaVision, which will make people even that much more eager to see this movie. So from Disney corporate thinking here, just made sense to move Multiverse of Madness from its March 25th, 2022 release date, which is when the Sam Raimi film was expected to do well at the box office to May 6th of next year, with the thinking that this will then tee up this Marvel Studios film to be the first official blockbuster of the summer 2022 season, making a genuinely ridiculous amount of money, potentially another billion-dollar earner. I don't know if I trust that logic, because the way that you present it, it makes it seem like Disney just discovered how a calendar works. (laughs) And I don't, I don't think that's the case. I, th- I think they're aware of how scheduling has worked for a very, very long time. I think there is something that prompted this move, something that said where they said, oh, my goodness, we could be making a tragic error. And it may just simply be something as simple as they're trying to line up certain things on Disney Plus, like the TV shows that we've been getting, to line up more uh, appropriately with their cinematic offerings. I, I have to tell you again, for from my conversations with uh, with folks out west, somebody at Disney got a hold of the tracking that Sony and Columbia Pictures had in hand, and they, they, it was just one of these things where there was an astounding number 
on this report. And that made its way up the food chain at Disney. Now, what's kind of interesting is that Kevin Feige, who was on the red carpet earlier this week at the Eternals premiere in Hollywood, was just trying to play it off. It's like, look, there's nothing significant about this. This is what he said. It's just production shifts and changes. And because Marvel Studios has so many slots on the Disney theatrical schedule, we could just shift slots if we feel the need. And which makes me think of the Winifred Sanderson. It's just a bunch of hocus-pocus. Speaking of Disney witches, uh, we were just talking about WandaVision a second ago. And a big part of the success of that limited series was Catherine Hahn's performance as Agatha Harkness. Did you see where earlier this month uh, Variety revealed that there's now a WandaVision spinoff in the works at Disney Plus? Yeah, do we need it? That's the question. I mean, we've got so many things in the pipeline, and it just seems like we're going to end up clogging the drain with a bunch of things that weren't necessarily necessary. I might tend in that direction if, if it were not for the people involved. First of all, Jack Schaefer, the head writer of WandaVision, is going to be serving as the writer and executive producer of this new show, which is going to be built around the Agatha Harkness character. You drill down to when they announced this project. What was also mentioned is that Marvel signed a brand new deal with Katherine Hahn. And going forward, the Agatha Harkness character is not only going to make appearances in this WandaVision spinoff, but also in theatrical releases for Marvel Studios. For me, who genuinely enjoyed Katherine Hahn's work in WandaVision, this is a good thing. It means more. I mean, don't get me wrong. We saw where Wanda put Agatha. And it's going to be interesting to see how Mr. Schaefer is going to write her out of where Wanda put her. Well, I was just wondering, because they are, they did give her her origin story within the confines of WandaVision, the TV show. They did. So they did. I didn't feel like we were going to be going back in time all that much. And I mm-hmm. kind of figured her story arc was pretty much over at the end of WandaVision. And mm-hmm. considering how many things are in the lineup in the future, like, I'm ready for She-Hulk. I'm ready Mm -hmm. for Miss Marvel. I'm Mm -hmm. ready for a bunch of stuff that they had, uh, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, now Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for some of that. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden they go, oh, and we got a Wanda thing or Agatha Harkness thing coming in the near future. And it's like, I really do appreciate Catherine Hahn's work. And she Mm -hmm. was phenomenal. She was. And in fact, I don't know if you saw the uh, announcement just this morning, but she's uh, just signed with Showtime. She's doing another limited series, only over there, it's basically the story of Joan Rivers. So, um, Oh, well, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. See, now I would be much more apt to watch that than I would a Agatha Harkness series, just because I wa- it wasn't on the radar and I'm primed for other things, and this seems like a roadblock that is slowing down progress to the things that we really, really, really wanted. Again, you have to remember that this is Disney, and Disney as an entertainment company works differently than anybody else in the business. And and probably one of the factors that was taken into consideration was starting in September with the first of the Oogie Boogie Bashes at Disney's California Adventure Park. They started doing Agatha Harkness as a character. She was somebody you could encounter as you were touring the Disney villains. And Again, it was one of the things they were getting such a huge reaction for having this character in the parks. And it was just, and you know, so if you're somebody on the studio set, it's like, that's interesting. Let's look at that. By the way, though, that this past weekend, I actually got upstaged by another Marvel character, one 
that potentially has huge implications for the way Halloween celebrations may go at Disney's theme parks in California in the future. But Aaron and I will get to that in a moment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before I forget, I wanted to mention uh, that Drew Taylor, my co-host on Fine Tuning, he actually got to go to the Marvel Eternals premiere in Hollywood this past Monday. And Drew right now is forbidden by a press embargo to say too much about this Chloe Zhao movie at this time. I asked him directly, by the way. I I did say, tell me about it. And he said it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, and that was it. And that's all he would give me, not a not a lick more. And I'm rather like, come on, dude, we're friends. You can tell me. I won't blurt it out on mud. And he's like, yeah, right, okay, kid, and moved on. So we've had this conversation before. I realize he has a thick, luxurious beard, but but <laughs> Drew is not Charles Dickens. Drew did say on Twitter, however, that Eternals breaks new ground for the MTU, and not in all the ways you're expecting. Alternating between beautiful and baffling, epic and intimate, it's a movie of huge ideas where the sentiment often matters more than anything going on in the story. I can't wait to see it again. But again, Drew respected the press embargo, where, as you pointed out as we were pre-gaming, Harry Styles fans really don't care about the Eternals embargo, right? Uh, apparently not, because when I went to go check my my daily Twitter feed and I saw Thanos trending, and I was like, what's Thanos trending for? This cat hasn't been relevant for at least a few years now. So I click on Thanos and I get a picture of Harry Styles on fire. And I say, what what's going on here? And it turns out that Harry Styles is, spoiler alert, the end credit scene for the Eternals, where he plays Eros, otherwise known as Star Fox, brother to Thanos. And by the way, what the hell is up with the, the genes in space, people? Because I don't see the resemblance. He doesn't have the craggly jaw. He's not seven and a half feet tall. He's just a kid. But uh, that's okay. That's that's the way he was drawn. He actually, if you compare the, the comic book version, he does kind of look like a Harry Styles could play him. But uh, here's the funny part. Harry Styles fans who've never seen a Marvel movie are going to go to the Eternals waiting to see Harry Styles. And then the credits are going to start to roll and they're going to get up and leave because they don't know what an end credit scene is. And they're going to be so confused. I thought Harry Styles was going to be in this. Did you see him? I didn't see him. No. Did you see him? No, I didn't see him either. Where the hell was he? And uh, so if you're a Harry Styles fan and you want to go see the Eternals just to see Harry Styles, you will have to wait until words start scrolling up the screen and you're going to have to sit through all those words until more pictures appear. And when the pictures reappear, that's when you get to see your Harry Styles. 
there you go. And see, we're providing a service here, right? Yes. You know, educating folks. Brooke, again, he gets to do cool stuff. I didn't make it to the world premiere. First of all, I wasn't invited. Second of all, I was on a plane on Monday night. I was flying down to Orlando. So as I mentioned earlier, and I could record these walk around the parks. So we were in the Magic Kingdom yesterday. And later today, we're headed over to Epcot, where I hope to finally get an up-close look at the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind building, which is supposed to be so big you could fit six Spaceship Earth's worth of show scenes inside. Wow. Speaking of Cosmic Rewind, did you see where James Gunn earlier this week admitted they've actually begun work on the film footage that we've shown in the queue and at various points along the ride track of the storytelling coaster? Yeah, no, James has been very, very open about a lot of the stuff that he's working on when he's working on it and and what he thinks about Mm -hmm. it as he's working on it. And Mm -hmm. he's just a a wonderfully fascinating person to follow on the Twitter machine just for some movie-making insights. Uh, And he did talk a lot about how he did screen tests for other actors like to play Star-Lord and they just weren't right for whatever reason, but they ended up getting cast as a different character as a lead in another one of his movies. So he was saying to all those actors out there, always give your 110%, even if you don't think you have a shot, because that could influence and that performance can stick in my mind for years. And I will call you back and bring you in for something else. You may not be right for today, but you certainly were right for tomorrow's project. So yeah, a lot of fascinating stuff out of uh, James Gunn's Twitter feed there. No, definitely, definitely. But again, I I, want to credit... Rich of Squidward10, uh, who reached out to uh, via Twitter and asked him, James, are you working on Cosmic Rewind for Epcot? And, and Gunn, very sincerely, yep, that we have started shooting. I would honestly love to be on the set of Cosmic Rewind, the, 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 the ride film footage, because James Gunn is this huge Disney theme park geek. And I'll have to dig out the recording I have of him at the opening ceremony of Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout from back in May of 2017, but he said much the same stuff on Facebook after the attraction opened like about how, how fond he is of the Disney parks. He talked, for example, about some of my earliest memories are of going to Disneyland with my mom, my dad, my grandma and grandpa and my brothers. When I was very, very young. I rode Dumbo and the subs and the Haunted Mansion and those trips to this day some of the most wonderful times of my life. You know, for a couple of days, I experienced pure magic with the love of my family around me. By the way, uh, James was equally enthusiastic when just a few months later, a seasonal variant of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout began running at uh, Disney California Adventure Park. Monsters After Dark quickly became a hit with guests uh, visiting the Disneyland Resort, especially those folks who were attending that after-hour Halloween hard ticket the Oogie Boogie Bash. Speaking of which, earlier this year, as part of the 2021 edition of Oogie Boogie Bash, this is when Disney could finally start using the relatively recently opened Avengers Campus. I you know that that new land for DCA, which was delayed by almost a full year due to the pandemic, finally opened to the public on June 4th of this year. But they saw that as an opportunity to experiment to see how the public might react to getting the chance to interact with some of Marvel's more infamous characters at a Halloween-themed event at the parks. Now, as we mentioned earlier in the show, the first trial balloon was the, the Agatha Harkness character, which guests, if they bought a ticket to the Oogie Boogie Bash, could encounter as they were walking through the ancient Sanctorum. That's, that's where the Doctor Strange character 
show is staged in the Adventure Campus earlier in the day. And this past week, Disney upped the ante a bit by having a zombie version of Captain America. It's the version of that uh, Marvel superhero that was first introduced, at least to Disney fans, as part of an episode of this season of Marvel's What If, which aired, uh, I, I want to say, early last month on, on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, have you, you seen any of the, the stuff on Twitter or, or, or Facebook of the, the, the zombie version of Captain America? I did. I saw pictures of it, and uh, there was one character where I was like, oh, please don't, please don't, please don't. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling that we will never, ever, ever get a, a zombie version of mm-hmm. Black Panther. Oh, that would be, like, yes. so incredibly poor taste. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You're not wrong. When they started pulling out the idea of bringing zombies into the park, it was like, mm-hmm. I'm all for the idea of Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. I'm all for not off the entire community because you mm-hmm. made a bad decision. So mm-hmm. it was a very quick sigh of relief where it was like, oh, thank God, it's just Captain America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also important here to remember that we are still in the pandemic version of how Disney does meet and greets. So, for example, uh, Captain America as a zombie uh, comes lurching out of a doorway of the Avengers headquarters, but he only goes a, a few feet. There's a rope barrier. He sort of stands there, growls, and 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 then lurches back into the doorway. And the guests are well away from Cap as a zombie. So they're not within biting distance is what you're saying. Not within biting distance. Okay. And I, I have to say that Disney officials were reportedly very concerned about how the public might react to zombie cap. They were honestly worried that even for Halloween time, this might be too big a departure from the family-friendly fair that Disney traditionally offers at its Southern California theme parks. But based on the comments on social media, zombie Captain America, so far anyway, is a huge hit, which is why come 2022, we we may see a few more of, of Marple's finest in zombie form. So again, I, I think to your point, Aaron, I think there's a list of no, you know, we don't do that character. Right. Um, I mean, they have to pay attention to Universal and their Halloween Horror Nights. And likewise, uh, you know, I mean, not scary farm or not scary farm just up the street in Buena Park. Yeah, but that's not scary. Now, mm-hmm. the Universal they dive more direct into into straight up horror. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. warm, cuddly, fluffy horror, yep. but straight horror. Mm-hmm. And I think with the popularity of that, mm-hmm. it should be some indication for Disney that they can go scary for a seasonal mm-hmm. thing for a little yep. bit and give mm-hmm. people a thrill. I mean, isn't that what, you know, Cosmic Rewind, it's a thrill ride. Even though they're telling a story, you're being dropped and sent up, you know, stories and dropped stories. And it's to get your heart pumping and make you scream. I mean, when you mm-hmm. go by the attraction, aren't there screams coming from miles away from that ride? Right. So the idea of getting a thrill should not mm-hmm. be foreign to Disney. It shouldn't be risque. It shouldn't even be, uh, do you think we can get away with such a thing? It should be all my money goes on red. Let's go in with well, the blood money and, and put it all in bet heavy and do it. It's so interesting you bring up the word money because there's a, a new gentleman in charge of the Walt Disney Company, uh, Bob Chapek, who's never met a revenue stream that he doesn't like. And there is huge pressure right now on the parks to produce these revenue streams. And so Disney for years has stood 
watch the torrent of money that pours into Universal Hollywood and Universal Orlando for Halloween Horror Nights. Likewise, again, for over 40 years now, they looked up the street to Buenaparte Park to Not Scary Farm. And it's like, there's no way we can get into that business. Just this past year, as part of the Yogi Boogie Bash, they redid that theme park's Redwood Challenge Creep Trail area, where, which allows you to enter the worlds of Disney villains like Dr. Facilier from Princess of the Frog, Judge Claude Frollo from Hunchback of Notre Dame, Scar from uh, Lion King, Red Queen from Alice in Wonderland. You get the idea. This Villains Grove area has proved, even during a pandemic, a Disney-themed maze-like thing could work. I got a free one for Disney. If you want to make a, a boatload of money, uh, my okay. wife was telling me that I don't know if it's Peloton that's doing this, but it's like mm-hmm. one of those treadmills that has a video screen and, you know, mm-hmm. you got your trainer. Come on, just another mile. You can make it up that hill, mm-hmm. except they replace the trainer with a Michael Myers type character or Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th chasing you through the woods. I was about to say, you know, with, with the screen in front of me, I don't think this is going to work. Right. Um, well, so, well, the idea is, you know, I don't know if, if you go on the treadmill backwards and look over your shoulder at the screen to go. see. But either okay. way, what would be cooler than Disney partnering up with someone like a Peloton and mm-hmm. offering, hey, we've got a bunch of Marvel zombies to chase you through a city, you know, like The Walking Dead, something right. along those lines that gets the zombies in your home for a minute that you can actually interact with them in a fun way of, you know, people want to get in shape and, you know, you've been inside because of COVID for the last couple of years. So many people have purchased these at home workout machines, you know, partner up, create some zombies, create a little, you know, 20 minute film that encourages people to run for their lives as cap is coming for you, you know, or something like that. It could be a lot of fun. Okay, I do not like zombies. Um, okay, I, I, now again, I, I want to stress here that the zombie Captain America was literally only introduced this past weekend at the Oogie Boogie Bash. But I, I have to tell you that I called a friend who fairly high up in the organization at Disneyland. Disney was standing outside with its tablets recording people's responses, and they were very, very pleased with what they saw. So there were already conversations underway about the 2023 version of the Oogie Boogie Bash. And what's fascinating, Aaron, again, it's it's kind of an interesting pop-the-hood moment for Disney to sort of peer down into the way the mouse thinks. And this, they think, might be finally... Disney, the Disneyland Resort's opportunity to get competitive with, again, Universal Hollywood's Halloween Horror Nights and uh, likewise Not Scary Farm Up the Street in Buena Park. But the question then becomes, one guy lurching out of a doorway isn't necessarily going to move the needle. We, we may have to do something of size. And right behind the Avengers headquarters building is where, at some point in, in the distant future, the Battle of Wakanda Super E-Ticket ride is actually supposed to be, be built. But the place where that show building will eventually be built backstage is, is wide open at the moment. So it's a notion of, could we, in much the same way that Universal Hollywood and Universal Orlando does, they'll, they'll set up a temporary building. And put a maze experience there. And it's it's one of these things where, I mean, they are literally at the spitballing moment. Nothing, nothing set in concrete. And I want to stress that this is a very fluid, very dynamic situation. But 
you know, the scenario is, well, all right, so say what if S.H.I.E.L.D. manages to capture a few of the zombified, you know, members of the Avengers? And, you know, the idea is that they're in these temporary holding facilities while we search for a cure. And, you know, this will allow us to give some sort of a, a space that the impulse gets through. On the other hand, you know, there, there are people within the company, it's like, you know, I get that you could promote that. I bet you, I, I get that you could shoot a TV commercial and saturate the Southern California market with that. But wouldn't it just be just as effective to have four and five different spots in the Avengers campus where somebody comes lurching out of a, a dark corner? You know, and we don't have to then build a temporary structure. So I have a feeling that because Disney wants to have the face, the the MCU face plastered on screens and billboards and whatnot, that go. the idea of the battle for Wakanda is put on hold until they mm-hmm. find out if the sequel works because they're going to be replacing the act. Well, they're not replacing Chadwick Boseman as far as we know, but mm-hmm. there's without Chadwick. Mm-hmm. The movie is, has a chance. That is an excellent point. Yeah, the, the movie point. has a chance to fail mm-hmm. or not be as successful as the first Black Panther. So if they mm-hmm. put it out and, and not having Chadwick does have a negative effect on the reception of the film, I have a mm-hmm. feeling that the battle for Wakanda will be a thing of the past, a, a, an idea that was great while Chadwick was alive. But now that he's not with us, they say, well, what do we do? We're not quite certain. We wanted to be able to put his face and his voice in it. We really can't do that. So now they're going to say, well, geez, this Halloween idea is a good thing that we could temporarily put in there while we sort out our ducks and figure out if this is the right idea for this building or this space. Mm -hmm. And I, I think... Maybe in 2023 or 2024, after the the second Black Panther movie comes out, they're going to have a much more clear heading on their compass about whether they're actually going to Wakanda or if they're going to make that a different part of the MC universe, you know, a different land that, you know, maybe Sokovia. It could be any number of things that we've been to before or some place that we have not yet been to, like the inside of a sentinel's head from, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, they could do anything they want with it. It's just an empty building at the moment. All excellent points. So, uh, well, uh, more to the point, there is no building there. I mean, it, it's literally the... It's just an open field? Parking lot, actually. Oh, okay. this, is, this is the old Disneyland parking lot. As we've discussed on, on previous shows, you know, the effect of the Avengers headquarters with its Quinjet is where the characters now appear around as if, you know, yes, where this is Marvel headquarters. And it's like, well, shouldn't there be a larger building behind there? It's like, shut up, kid, go away. So <laughs> that's coming at some point. Yeah. But I want to stress here, this is an incredibly fluid situation. Plans could and will change. This, these discussions only began happening this week, and, and that was... Again, because there was such a positive reaction online, on social media, to the zombie Captain America for the Okie Boogie Bash that was just held Saturday or Friday or Saturday this week. So if there had been a negative reaction, we, we wouldn't even be having this conversation, Aaron. So. I can't imagine there being a negative reaction in the Halloween season to throwing a single zombie out and it's like, oh my God, we've ruined everything because of that one thing. I mean, that's that's barely putting your toe in the water to gauge the temperature. You really have to go at least waist deep before you figure out if you're going to enjoy the the uh, temperature of this pool. And I don't think that they've actually done more than a, a tiny toe 
in the wow. testing of this water. So to the, whoever the naysayer was within inside the Disney company, shame on you for not believing in your properties. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're fans. We're there paying money to go into an unfinished land. If you give me anything, I'll be thrilled outside of an empty freaking parking lot. So, yeah, a zombie Captain America, I would be doing freaking cartwheels uh, just because, oh, my God, there's something here and it it's fits the season. So I'm sure right now they're shredding a Spider-Man costume, putting holes in it to make a zombie Spider-Man, and they're chipping away at an Iron Man helmet to be able to put a skull inside of it and, and all that. And we'll probably have some new zombies in the next couple of hours, right? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I will say this much. They have been, you know, if you think about, we we got, you know, when Loki, when new episodes would stream on Disney Plus, we got President Loki, we got Variant Loki. They did a really good job of, you know, you just saw it on television. Hey, it just popped up here. They could have thrown an alligator in the middle of the park and there would be people around it on their hands and knees worshiping it like it was Loki the alligator. And it was just a random alligator that came out of the swamp. I I think me personally, they they should be applauded the fact that they are moving as quickly as they are. And But again, the fact that they did the President Loki, they did the variant Loki, they did Zombie Cap, they're paying attention. They really are. And they want... Avengers campus to be different than what they're doing in other parts of the park. So uh, we will continue this conversation, but not this conversation because I got to close now because I got to go meet Len over at Epcot. And so I can finally see in person that massive Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind show building, which is supposedly almost big enough to contain all of the money that Disney will make off of moving Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Bandits from its original March 25th release date to May 6th of next year. There we go. We tied it all together. And one last thing before we wrap up for anyone that's looking for new MCU content, right this very second, uh, Disney Plus just released the uh, Marvel Studios Assembled making of Black Widow. Yes, thank you for mentioning that. That was actually on my list and I forgot it. So, hey, okay. So, yes, if I ever get any free time over the next couple of days, I'll I'll sit down and watch that. So, speaking of of social media... That, that Aaron warned us there would be swearing with, with his Twitter account. So yeah. can, can you tell folks where they can find you online? Well, you can f- go off right ahead to Twitter, that f- platform, and look up Aza Prod. What an a- And uh, there you'll find me completely uncensored. Why are there so many beeps in this show? Was there a traffic jam outside? I just hear bleeps and horns going off. What's that? I, it's a traffic jam, folks. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> On the other hand, you know, if you're looking for a much more mild-mannered uh, Twitter presence, you can find uh, me on Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media, and likewise over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. If you could do Aaron and I a favor, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and recommend the show you're listening to right now. If you want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, you, you can hear the shows that Len and I will be recording uh, during this trip down to Orlando. Again, we're, we did Magic Kingdom yesterday, Epcot today, and we'll be heading over to the studios and Animal Kingdom. And I think we're even talking about hiring a pontoon boat and going out on Bay Lake and Seven Seas Lagoon and talking about the early, early days of Disney. So thanks again for listening, folks. And <laughs> thank you, Aaron, for the, the, the very colorful language. And we will be back soon.